Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since last week. Uh, we had great shows last week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, as well as our weekend show on AM radio at KFNX on Saturday. Everything has been absolutely incredible. Uh, as usual, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. You guys are what makes this show better and better every single episode. Uh, I hope you all uh, had the best weekend. I hope it went accordingly. I hope it was fun. I hope it was productive. It is the holiday season. Tis the season. I'm in the spirit. I love Christmas. This is my favorite time of year. Uh, definitely a lot to look forward to. Um, and you know what? It's, uh, it's a magical, magical uh, era to be alive in. I will say that with everything that we have going on. Uh, and as usual, you know, I just want to say it's a real honor being able to shine my light and utilize this platform and, and speak my voice with all of you guys. Um, and in today's day and age, it's important that everybody, everybody takes advantage uh, of, of their voice and, and utilizes these various platforms. I mean, we, we are in a time where you cannot, you cannot, you know, afford to not speak up. Um, it's a, it's a, a time, like I've said many times, like never seen before. Um, but guys, a lot, a lot planned for the future of the Rory Sodder show. We will be having a lot of announcements coming up. Um, as you know, this will be the last week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday this week will be the last week of shows and obviously Saturday, but until, uh, the new year. So we'll be off after this week for the next two weeks, uh, until the first week of January. So um, just wanted to put that out there. I know I notified everybody last week about that, but just in case you guys didn't get the memo or were wondering, just wanted to, you know, reiterate that. Um, lots to get into tonight. Uh, lots happened over the weekend. Uh, a lot of big guests coming on tonight. Uh, many, many things to address. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show. We have retired police chief and retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Balsi. Michael, how are you? Hi, Roy. Thanks for having me tonight. Another uh, um, busy news week, and it only promises to get busier. Absolutely, my friend. Well, always a pleasure. Uh, glad you could join us. Uh, you're a big part of the show, so thank you. Anytime. Absolutely. Um, let's also welcome to the show. We have best-selling author and motivational speaker Sam Sam Tully, another big part of the show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Roy. How are you doing yourself? Doing very well. Great to have you here. Yeah, I look forward to it. It's closing out this year. Uh, I'm looking for great things in 2020. Absolutely, man. I feel like 20, I feel like 2020 is going to be a special year. I really do. But Sam, always a pleasure. Thank you for being here. No problem, Roy. My pleasure. I also want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. Um, a new, a new, a new addition to the show. He's been doing really good things uh, and very involved. We have uh, campus reform director and political activist, uh, uh, Sergi Kelly. Sergi, how are you, buddy? 
I'm doing great. Great to be on. Great to be on. I always like, you know, what you talk about here, but I'm looking forward to a great discussion today. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being with us, um, and a lot to get into. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right, guys. So, as usual, I want to start with the small stuff, and when I call on you, give your thoughts on all my talking points. And once I get done with the small stuff, I'll get to the big stuff, and uh, we'll all chat it up. Uh, but, okay, so here, here's something. And, I mean, this is, you know, this is something that really, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about that gets me angry and really pushes my buttons and really crosses the line in every single way. And this is what the liberals are known for. Uh, obviously, this is one of many things that they do to try to change history and rewrite traditions and rewrite signature values. But anyways, Netflix, and we know what Netflix has come to. We know what they've, you know, been guilty of and all the, the controversy that came from their company with, like, the, some of the most provocative uh, films go on, on Netflix. I mean, I've, I mean, and now, I mean, we've seen stuff about trannies. We've seen stuff about, you know, race baiting. We've seen stuff about, uh, you know, the, the trying to blame cops, those kind of moves. I mean, it's bad stuff on Netflix. I mean, it's all leftist ideology and communism. I mean, you got the regular movies, but you have a lot of documentaries and you have a lot of indoctrination, especially with who's taken over, uh, taken over it on the board. Uh, Obama, um, you got Soros people on there. You've got, I, I believe, various Various people involved with Obama. I know Obama and his wife are on the board, and they're uh, in bed with Netflix. And what they're doing is they're influencing them to come out with all of this radical, um, uh, you know, this radical material. And, you know, it's like never enough. So anyways, now they're at the point of making, and they've already made it, it's already released, but gay Jesus. You know, they want to, you know, we see this all the time. They want to say how Islam, the radical Islam, the terrorists are the religion of peace, but they want to bash on Christianity. They want to bash on every other religion. They want to make fun of it. They want to, you know, try to try to make a comedy of it. They try to, you know, take us back to the worst of times with trying to sink a religion that America was founded upon. Every chance they get, they say how bad Christianity is. They say how hateful it is. They say how racist it is. They always try to find something that they can bash on Christianity with. But the most hateful religions like Islam never, never get called out. They get enabled and they get coddled. And the fact that Netflix can make a film about a gay Jesus and, and laugh about this and think it's funny and, you know, take this totally out of context is disgusting. This is unethical. It's immoral. It's probably the biggest, big, biggest disrespect to religion I've ever seen. I mean, if you really want to play this game, why don't you go make a gay Muhammad? Why don't you go disrespect the Muslim religion and go make a gay Muhammad movie? I mean, seriously, you won't because you're too politically correct. You liberals in Hollywood think Christianity is the devil. You guys, you guys have said it on more than one occasion. Not the conservatives in Hollywood. I'm talking about the liberals, the Me Too's, the smelly feminists, the, the communists, the, 
this doesn't end. I mean, how, how often do we see left-wing outlets and left-wing media sources trying to spit on Christianity, trying to hate on it, trying to, you know, they'll come up with whatever bullshit narrative to write something bad about it. Think about this, though, that you've got the religion that America was is based upon being disrespected. And I mean, think about if you were in another country and you didn't have this free speech luxury. For making a movie like this, you could end up in prison for the rest of your life in certain third world countries, especially if you disrespect the main religion. I mean, the luxury and the abuse and the entitlement that goes on in our country, it's sick and it's sad. And it should, anybody that actually believes in Western civilization, they should strongly disturb you. It should. It really should. And you know what? Not enough people are talking about this. Not enough people are putting this out there. And this, this, is, this is serious because it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get more radical. These people are only going to get crazier. It's, yeah, it, it's over the top. I mean, that, but that's an understatement. Um, I, wa- I want to talk about this, just shift topics a little bit. But I, um, God bless them, by the way. I mean, you know, all these left leftist radical groups who want to say ICE is racist, ICE is hateful, ICE is this terrible organization. Why? Because they condone the law? Because they enable um, people to obey? I mean, give, give me a break. ICE is the reason America is safe. ICE is the reason our borders are safe. ICE is the reason we have a functioning country. <laughs> Somewhat, I guess. I mean, look at all the people that have trespassed. But imagine what it would be like if we didn't have ICE. But anyway... ICE, uh, it's officially reported, uh, they came out with numbers, they've deported over a quarter of a million illegals uh, and over 6,000 gang members in the year of 2019, this year. So, I mean, they, they, they are doing really good work. I mean, think about that. They're deporting a quarter of a million in one year. That's a lot of freaking people. That's, I mean, that's, that's insane. And uh, the fact that they can get all these people, you know, you know, set this all up to get them back there and really uh, close the deal. It, it's impressive what these men have to go through and these women, especially when, when they're attacked by these people trespassing at the border. These people get violent. You know, they have to deal with gang members. They got to deal with cartels. They got to deal with some of the ter- most awful people on earth. They're like cops. I mean, they, they put their life on the line. They say goodbye to their families every day. And, and them coming home, it's not a guarantee. It's not. You know, it, it, I mean, I, you know what? It takes balls of steel uh, to put yourself in, in that sort of defense. I, it's just unreal. It's, it's amazing. God bless them, though. But you know what? This just goes to show that the border situation in our country is such a, a terrible epidemic and, and a disgusting uh, cesspool. It really is. Um, here's something really disgusting. And everybody has to hear about this. So, and we talked about this on my show before. I don't know when the last time we talked about it, but I think fairly recently. Uh, But the dead voters uh, with the Democratic Party, uh, it's been proven and confirmed that dead voters do, in fact, vote in elections for Democrats. Um, And there's been investigations. There's been watchdogs. Whatever you – it came out. It's been shown. They want to deny it at every single turn. Um, but anyway, uh, Detroit, just, it just came out with a new story. 
they removed thousands of dead voters and one including born in 1823. This is the kind of voter fraud we're dealing with. And this is just one style, an instance of voter fraud. I mean, there's so many different variables when it comes to voter fraud. But think about the advantage and the kind of situation and, and they have going for them when they can have dead people uh, putting them in an election seat. I mean, it's ridiculous. And this, this is not just happening in Detroit. This is something we have to confront. This is something we have to deal with. This is happening in California. This is happening in Chicago. This is happening in New York. This is happening everywhere run by liberals. This, this dirty policy, this corrupt feature has been put into place. How the hell do you think they keep getting elected? I mean, I'm not going to say this is the only reason, but it helps. It strongly contributes to their reelection. But, you know, it's, and it's, it's just crazy. And here's what some Democratic, I mean, what a, what a witch. You know, that the head of the Democrats in Detroit had the nerve to come out and say, when confronted by reporters about this situation, about dead people voting for them, <clears throat> she tried to call it racist. How dare you confront dead voters voting for us? That's racist. Is everything racist now in the Democratic Party? I've heard voter ID is racist. I've heard climate change is racist. Now I hear dead people voting is racist. What the hell is not racist? This is ridiculous. I mean, how the hell can you deflect and avoid responsibility in that like and just give that ridiculous absurdity of an excuse? That's racist. The Democrats get away with everything. Do they, you know why? Because the media is on their side, and they have they, it's the biggest it's the biggest double standard. You can't make this shit up. Um, here's something I want to shift topics on, but it kind of goes into all the whole victim stance that I've just been talking about. Uh, the California system, um, there there are people suing the educational system in California now, claiming that the SATs are racist and hateful. They're discriminatory. That's what two lawsuits say. You have private citizens who have been brainwashed and enabled by people like Barack Hussein, white mama Obama, uh, all these Democrats, these new age Democrats, that they should get a trophy and they should be entitled to anything and they shouldn't have to work or take any accountability. That's what the Democrats have taught the new millennials in today's society. And these kind of lawsuits, are the reason? I mean, look, look. Why do you think these lawsuits are happening? Because look at the political radicalization climate that we are in with the left, and how they are promising everybody all this free stuff. They can basically walk to home plate. They don't have to wait in line like everybody else. We're teaching people the wrong stuff. I mean, how are you going to say the SATs are racist and hateful when everybody else has to go through it? Everybody else has to deal with it that wants to go to college that wants to be, have a great education and move ahead in life. How the hell should anyone be special or be different from that? It's ridiculous how we are making these exceptions in our society, how these, these people come out with these petty and absurd claims. And then what usually happens? Oh, you have these organizations that usually give in to them and budge into their demands and into their idiocy because they want to be politically correct. 
This is where we're at. I'm seeing people lose their jobs for the dumbest shit on earth. People losing their jobs for calling a transgender a her instead of a him. Are you fucking, excuse my language, are you kidding me? What the hell have we come to? It's like it's this PC culture is going to ruin society. It already has in certain ways. It really has. You know what? They want to put war on free speech. They want to, they want to prosecute somebody for saying, for saying the wrong word. Give me a fucking break. Seriously. Um, okay. This is really disturbing. And, and this, is, this is goes back into what I said earlier in the show. Um, this goes back into what I said earlier in the show about illegals and how they take advantage of the system and how it's been abused for so long. And don't forget, you have these past leaders that put these crooked immigration policies in place for their own special interests. They made deals with foreign governments. I mean, so on, so on. There's so many different loopholes that they've taken. But it's bad. It's really freaking bad. And how bad it is, I mean, we already know that we have millions of illegals in our country. And now it was just documented today that foreign workers and tourists deliver about 70,000 anchor babies a year in the U.S. And you know what that means? Taxpayers are stuck with the bill in a lot of situations. This is ridiculous. I mean, come on. You can come to America, you can have a baby, and then you can become a citizen. How, how is that? I'm just I'm wondering, how is that fair to everybody else in line? Everybody else that pays their dues and does the process. You have these simple, stupid, idiotic, and unfair loopholes that they keep taking advantage of. It has to stop. And it's ruining our country. I mean, it is. It really is. It's, yeah. I mean, it's – Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Trump's financial records, you know, I don't want to get – you know, this is not something I want to put much of my breath into. Or I mean, it's just a waste of time talking about it. I mean, the Democrats are so desperate. Uh, they're, they're so abusing their power in every aspect. I mean, they're, they're beyond unethical. And they, they have nothing on him, so they want to – I mean, and we all know that if they read his taxes, they're going to find something that they don't understand and make it look like it's a freaking crime or make it look like the baddest situation possible, and then they'll have the media on their side, and then it turns it – I mean, Trump's smart. Has anybody ever read a billionaire's tax returns? They're probably the most complicated damn thing on earth. Not, I would probably guess – Maybe 1% of the population could actually properly, functionally read them. So this is – why? Why are we even talking about this? The idiots in Washington, D.C., the politicians, sure, sure as hell can't read them and know what the hell they're looking at. You know what? Better yet, how about we see the taxes of all the politicians? How about we see the taxes of all these scumbags who have been in office for 30 freaking years? Why don't we see them? I'm more curious about them. I don't give a shit about how much money a billionaire has made. He earned it. He's the, he's the American dream. He's the definition of the American dream. These politicians are talking heads, puppets in D.C., and they're a bunch of cocksuckers. Excuse my French, but th they really are, these politicians. And you know what? How dare they? How dare they try to keep projecting the quote, do as I say, not as I do. I'm going to tell you how to live, but I'm not going to live the same way. 
They're not held in the same regard or the same standard. It's disgusting. It really is. Um, Hunter Biden's wife. This, oh, my God. Guys, I mean, just when we think we know it all, just when we think it's all out there, more and more stories come out. Now you have Hunter Biden's wife who's pregnant. And don't forget, the, the stripper, the young, whatever her, well, I don't know how old she was, but Hunter Biden got her knocked up, you know, banged her at the strip club, out of wedlock. That's a mess. Now she wants the uh, financial records and of charisma of the deal of what, because think about it. If he goes into a courtroom with the judge, the judge has to look at every single financial document or any money he's made. So this, 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 you know, this mistress, this love child, uh, this woman, she's, she's privy. She has a right to that. She does. And no matter how good the lawyers are, I would find it hard to believe that they could cover up uh, these transactions, especially when it goes into uh, child support uh, situations. This is big. This is huge. And you got the wife pregnant now. I mean, this is, wow. <laughs> what a freaking merry-go-round. What, I mean, this is not good for daddy's campaign, Uncle Joe. Not good for daddy. I mean, you got, oh, my God. And then you have the wife who I, is such a witch. I mean, she's such a, aunt, whatever her name is, Dr. Biden, they, they call her. But this woman has the nerve to come out and say her son did nothing wrong when all the evidence is right there. I mean, the Democrats never take any accountability. They deny forever. Like, it's, it's never anything that they're responsible for. It's always somebody else's fault. It's ridiculous. Um, here's big news, and this, this is something we all got to talk about. 5.9, almost 5.9 million, almost 6 million people now off food stamps under President Trump. In three years, he's taken 6 million people off food stamps, lowest black unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment, lowest female unemployment in history, highest stock market ever. you got companies like Louis Vuitton and Apple opening factories here for the first time. Do I need to go on? You have, we're about to win the trade war with China. I mean, it's unreal. How, how does – I mean, remember what he said on his campaign trail? You're going to get so tired of winning. You're going to be like, Mr. President, we're, we're going to beg you not to win anymore. And, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not tired of the winning. I want more winning. This is amazing. It just keeps getting better and better. I mean, just when you thought it was the best it could have ever been a year ago, it keeps getting 100 times better. This is unreal, guys. And I wake up every day, and I jump out of bed, and I have this huge, loud, exciting spirit. You know why? Because Donald J. Trump is my president, the king, the king of the world, the savior of America, the Messiah. This guy is something straight out of the Bible. You know why? Because he puts his life on the line for us. We've never seen any leader go to this level and to this extent and to this degree for the American people. This guy sleeps four hours a night, and then he's back up fulfilling on his promises. He's fulfilled and delivered on 80, 80% of his promises, 80 within three years. Most presidents after eight years don't even fulfill 10%. Guys, wake up. Whoever is still in disbelief, whoever has questions, stop listening to the mainstream media. 
They're full of shit. Go look up the facts yourself. They're online. They're on. You can look on policy websites. The facts are there. You just hear all these bad things because you watch all these stupid channels. Jesus Christ, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Whether you love him or you hate him, he's delivered. He's delivered. Bottom line, he's done what he said. <clears throat> All right. Um, you know, I want to, I wouldn't really want to, really, this is really disgusting. And I, I talk about Seattle, my home. I live, I've lived in Phoenix, Arizona for about seven years now. And um, I'm from Seattle. Everybody knows that. And I talk about on my show all the time how Seattle has turned into a third world country. Downtown Seattle filled with feces, needles, tents everywhere. Uh, the mayor's a, a liberal carpet muncher, very awful person, uh, promotes LGBT drag queen shows, story hour with little kids, all the worst things you could imagine. Uh, but anyway, so you look at all these cities run by liberals, Detroit, New York, Chicago, Seattle, um, and, it, and it just keeps getting worse. They, they keep promoting the most radical ideologies on earth. They keep promoting things that are going to divide everyone more and more. They like, to, uh, they like to criticize our traditional and signature values. They want to erase Western civilization. They want to put in their own new book of rules. And let me just give you an example. And this is the kind of stuff we talk about on my show all the time. But it just keeps evolving. It just keeps getting worse. And like I always say, they push their agenda little by little, inch by inch. They, they don't want to do it all at once. They like to push more and more. And when, when you try to question them and you try to say, oh, well, what are you doing? You're a Nazi. You're a racist. You're a bigot. This whole equality narrative, how you can all be Michael Jordan or you can all have a dick or you can all be whatever you want, it's ridiculous. And you know what? It's turned into people going psycho and people, oh, my God, it's building up the wrong character on every level. But getting to this headline, um, in Seattle, and think about what our taxpayer dollars are being wasted on. You have a public official elected to office making 125000 a year hiring a transgender stripper chick with a dick for a charity conference, why the hell would you hire a chick with a dick, a transgender, to strip and dance at a charity conference? This all seems like a publicity stunt, seems like a way to get your name in the paper, seems like a way to push the whole tranny chick with dick narrative. It's disgusting how you shove this down kids' throats, how you shove it down voters' throats, how if we question any of your radical ideology, we immediately get harassed and ostracized. I mean, when does it end? When the hell does it end? I'm tired of this, man. you got to have these trannies and these chicks with dicks and these drag queens on story hour reading to little children, telling these little children that they can be trannies too. They can dress up however they want. Tell it, and who the hell are their parents? Where are the parents, man? What the hell? PC culture is killing us. It's destroying us. It's taking us back to where we don't want to be. 
What the hell? I, I, I just, you know what? It, it's gone to a whole new level. They try to bash on Chick-fil-A. They try to change history. They try to make the Gay Jesus movie on Netflix, like I talked about earlier. They'll go to whatever extreme to get their agenda pushed and to get attention and to get themselves out there in the media. It's ridiculous. Sorry about that. I, I lost my temper for a second. I got, you know what? I get on these rants. I get on these talking points. And these idiots piss me off. And I'm, you know what? It's like I shouldn't waste my time. I shouldn't waste my breath. But you know what? They make it our business. It's all over headline news. And I have no choice but to talk about it. Because you know why? Because too many people are misled on what's really going on here. Um, okay, uh, let's get into the main stuff. Let me get to the panel. Then we got to get to our guests. A lot going on tonight. Big show. But, guys, the main headline, obviously, is this nonsense, nonsense impeachment. I mean, no legitimate evidence, no sufficient cause, all hearsay, all based on feelings, all based on they can't beat him, all based on they're jealous and scared that he's giving power back to we the people and all their special interests are diminishing. He's exposing the swamp. He's, he's really waking up to the American people to what we've been not privy to for so many years. I mean, think about everything he's done. He doesn't owe anybody anything. He's his own guy, self-funded. Nobody can control what he says, which I love. The guy is so authentic and genuine. It, it's, I mean, I've never seen anybody more um, prof- I mean, he's just the best. I mean, this is what we want. We don't want a puppet. We don't want a, a, a politician who's in bed with everybody. We want a guy who loves us. I mean, and I've always said this. Trump is America's grandpa. He's the grandpa that we all love. He's the guy that we all admire and who's going to give us the best advice and going to be there for us at the end of the day. He's the guy that you can lean on, that you can hold. Like, he, he's that guy that spends so much time with all the voters. I mean, you know, I was reading an article the other day, and it's just beautiful how um, during the, I think it was during the 2016 um, campaign before he got elected, you know, he went to the debates, and there were all these big reporters there, and the other candidates only talked to the big networks, but Trump, knowing him and how, you know, real he is, he went around and spent hours with the small networks, talked to the little guy, gave his voice, did the interview. I mean, that, that's dedication. That's love. I mean, that's really showing you care. You know, and think about what else he's done. Four rallies in a city in a day? I mean, th- that, who else does that? Hillary did a rally every two weeks. This guy's doing four rallies a day. This guy never sleeps. This guy is always signing a new bill. And like I said earlier in the show, 80% of his agenda and promises delivered within three years. 80%. Most don't even fulfill 10% within eight years. This is this guy is something straight out of the Bible. God gave us a gift like never before. We don't deserve him. We don't deserve Trump. Trump, the way people bash him, the way people harass him and his family, the, the, the shit he has to deal with every second, I, you know what? I can't even imagine 
You, it's so, so wrong. And I'm just watching over the weekend. I'm watching scumbag Comey, the rat. I'm watching Comey saying, you know, how he's making every excuse in the world, trying to say, oh, the FBI is the most honorable, honorable department on earth. You got to stop criticizing it. We did everything we could. Every sort of bullshit, garbage, bunk, everything you want to do. I mean, he's just a liar. There's nothing that came out of his mouth. And Chris Wallace, you know what? I'm not a Chris Wallace guy. Not a fan. He's a he's a he's a leftist in my opinion. He's a liberal. But he questioned him on some good stuff. He I was surprised. I thought he was going to be more soft and not as hard on the interview. But he he put it out there. I mean, he, he got under Comey's skin a little bit, and Comey went around the questions obviously and deflected. But still, um, and Adam Schiff, same thing with Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace asked some good questions. Adam Schiff did the same sort of stuff. Deflected. You know, tried to go around the question, didn't answer it correctly. And then they tried to justify the whole Carter Page thing. And they don't, you know, the only thing they could say about Carter Page is they're sorry. Oh, you're sorry? You ruined a guy's life, along with every other life you've ruined. I mean, come on. You're sorry? That's a bullshit apology. There's, you ruined this guy and other people. Think about what everybody had to go through that had nothing to do with your fictional narrative, with your nonsense. You know, I saw this movie over the weekend. Great movie. I recommend it to everybody. Directed by Clint Eastwood, Richard Jewell. I'm sure everybody remembers the Richard Jewell story. Uh, Happened in the 90s. He was falsely accused by the FBI and by the government and by the media of blowing up um, the Olympic ceremony, I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. It was, I believe it was in 1996. Uh, but anyways, it was proven that he was innocent, and they framed him, and they went after his family knowing that he was innocent, and eventually they found the real bomber. And it's just, it just goes to show and puts into perspective how the media, how our government, how our FBI really operates. They need a fall guy. They need to point to somebody to close a case or, or, you know, to justify their situation. It's a dirty, dirty game. You cannot make this stuff up, what these people put out there. And I was, you know, it, it's just, it's, oh, my God, how they can get these people. They get these people, and then they never let them go. I'm sure other people have read stories, watched movies, how when people are under government watch, under witness protection, under FBI operation, I mean, sometimes you're with them your whole life. I mean, it's bad. It's just really, really bad. And some of the things they do, like they go into your financials, they go into your, I mean, the, the worst, worst invasion you can think of. You can think of. You can, oh, my God. But anyway, getting back to this whole impeachment thing, it's, it's the biggest joke I've ever seen. And, you know, we're already seeing many Democrats who are coming out against it, who are like, no, I can't support this. I cannot support this. I cannot, in my right mind, support this. I mean, I think there's already multiple. I've read Jeff Andrew, uh, Colin, I think his name's Colin Peterson out of Minnesota. Um, that's in the House. And then there's more in the House. I just don't know off the top of my head. But there's many in the Senate who, Democrats, that are opposed to it, including the moderate uh, who's in my state, Arizona, Kristen Sinema, who's absolutely surprised me. She's voted with Trump on so many different things. She reminds me of a Joe Manchin. 
She's very similar to Joe Manchin's style. She goes off policy. And she, you know what? Martha McSally is the Republican. I don't, I don't want to get too off topic here, but Martha McSally is the Republican senator in Arizona, and I'm, I'm not impressed with her at all. She's the biggest rhino on earth. Kristen Sinema, in, very impressive. And I thought Kristen Sinema would be a communist when she came in, but she's voted with Trump more than McSally, and that's saying something. That's, that's remarkable. Um, but getting, getting just this whole thing, you know, I'm seeing the circus, um, no bribery, no quid pro quo, no nothing. There's nothing. It's all opinion. It's all opinion. It's all hate. And then the fact that they don't have any evidence, then they start bashing Trump's family. They start bringing up his kid. They start doing some of the worst things. It's ridiculous. It really is. Um, let's start with Michael Valsi, uh, retired police chief and homicide detective. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, well, you covered a lot of stuff there. Uh, let's, let's talk about Netflix for a minute. You know, that's just a way for the, the Hollywood lot, the Satanists in Hollywood. It's just pushing their agenda, their radical agenda. You know, the more that uh, people get unified and, and the fabric of America starts to, starts to grow itself back together, which it's doing under Trump, the more megaphones they need to try to keep their message going. You know, the, the radical media is so focused on being anti-Trump, they don't have time to push the radical agenda. So they have to use uh, venues like Netflix and Hollywood to continue getting that, that uh, you know, that radical left agenda out there. With regards to ICE, uh, you know, again, this, uh, this whole movement, this whole radical left movement has been about the destruction of, of the, our way of life, to change our way of life. And, and ICE does a remarkable job. I've worked a lot with those guys, and I'm telling you, ICE and uh, Immigration Enforcement, all, all of these people are just, uh, they're so dedicated, and they do a great job keeping us safe around the borders and things like that. They don't get enough credit. As far as the dead voters on voter rolls, I mean, you know, other than the fact that around here, I mean, they tell you, you know, vote early and often, right? Uh, you're right. The liberal cities are notorious for not taking people off voter rolls, and no one ever checked on them for years and years and years. You know, I think that's going to change. I think you're looking at a voter ID down the road. Hopefully it happens before the 2020 election. And I think if we can't get Congress to do it, and I think there's going to be some big changes in Congress uh, over the next uh, several months. If you can't get Congress to do it, he'll do it by executive order. Something's coming there as far as the voter ID. You can be assured of that. And I want to just touch on some of the things you mentioned, uh, the SAT thing. I mean, that's, that's been an argument on the part of the left for years that it's been racist and discriminatory. Uh, and it's been in court many, many times. It's changed. It's actually evolved with the times. Uh, it's not going anywhere. And you're right. The opportunity for education is there. You know, uh, it doesn't make any difference what the what the uh, makeup of the classroom is. They're all taught the same way. So there's there's no discrimination with the on the part of the SAT. So I wanted to mention on this anchor baby thing. This has been a problem, and I'm not sure how it's going to be addressed by the president. I'm sure he's got some ideas in mind for this. But I don't know if you saw that Chinese nationalist was a, oh, 
was given like 10 months. I mean, it probably should have, he probably should have got a much stiffer penalty than that for running an acre baby agency. I mean, how many more of those kind of people are there around? And people wonder why that number is so high, how many, why there's so many anchor babies. Well, yeah, you have facilitators for them. Uh, you know, I'll get into the impeachment thing. You know, everything that they've even brought up or tried to accuse the president of, they know it's false. They know he hasn't done anything. I think initially they started out trying to muddy him up a little bit, hoping they could damage him for the upcoming election. That significantly backfired. I, I think now they started to accuse him of everything they've been guilty of for the last several years. You notice they got off the bribery and the quid pro quo because the attention started to focus on the Bidens. So they had to get off of that. And it wasn't only the Bidens. You got John Kerry's son. You got Pelosi's son. They're all involved. They were using the, the, the liberal left was using the Ukraine government to their advantage as a moneymaker. Getting them to do the dirty, dirty work of their party in addition to getting rich, money laundering. Now, I don't know if you or your listeners caught the OAN special with uh, Chanel Rian. That was just spectacular. All three parts. They were extremely informative. And if you notice, little by little, the information's starting to come out now. Um, Burisma is a fired prosecutor and all of that stuff. So like I said, we're, interested, we're, we're in for some big, big-time news over the next few months. You know, they, they wind up with these two articles of impeachment, and the Supreme Court basically shut one down because the Democrats refused to go to court to try to legally obtain records they were seeking from the president. He has a right to executive privilege. So basically, by the Supreme Court acknowledging they would look at this, they were basically telling the Democrats, look, you should have went to court if you wanted these records, basically. And so now I just saw the way they're coming up with, with a new charge. I don't know if you saw that one today, where they want to – I forget uh, – what exactly that charge was. Oh, they want to charge him with a wire fraud and suggest 20 yeah. years in prison. Yeah, they're ridiculous. I mean, They'll come up with anything. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how there could be wire fraud involved in that telephone conversation that was perfect, as Trump would say, the perfect call. You know, we have an agreement. I, don't, I can't remember the date we signed that agreement, but before we give Ukraine money, we have to be assured that that Ukrainian government is not corrupt. That's part of the stipulation for them getting any sort of aid from the United States. So there's absolutely nothing wrong. You know, they had an election over there. They have a new president. Uh, you know, he was. He was just trying to make sure that, hey, look, I want a guy that's on the up and up over there before I release any funds. There was, there was absolutely nothing wrong with that phone call. So I, I, don't, I don't see any of this going anywhere. Uh, you know, Chuck Schumer's trying to trying to dictate to uh, to Mitch McConnell and the and the and the uh, Senate. He wants he wants another scam hearing in, in the Senate. You know, and I can see both sides of this coin as far as the president's concerned because he wants he'd like an opportunity to call witnesses. 
I'm not sure I'm in that camp yet. I think the uh, Senate needs to vote with a 51, uh, you know, get 51 votes in a majority and just dismiss this automatic acquittal. And then we'll let the chips fall, fall where they may when the Durham and the Huber reports come out and the indictments start coming out. That's what they're afraid of. Everything they've accused the president of are things that they have done. And you saw the two town halls, the one of uh, Adam Schiff did. I mean, that was just a disaster for Schiff. And that was in his home, his district, his district in liberal California. And the one that uh, uh, the woman did, Slutkin, she did that in Michigan. You know, she's in trouble. She will not be reelected. And many of these 31 Democrats in staunch Trump districts will not be reelected. So, right. And no, no, you're absolutely right. And I keep saying, and I keep looking at that situation, and I'm like, wow, there's only been a few, not as much as I thought, that, that said they would be against it. But there's been a few Democrats in those areas, like Jeff Van Drew and Colin Peterson, I think his name is, from Minnesota. I think there's a couple others. But I, I would, didn't you think, Michael, that just for their political careers to save it, that more would have voted for it in the House to, against it? Right, and I, I just saw where they, the, the Democrats say they have the votes. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what that what that means, but you know, I, the public knows. You know, you can't believe any of these polls that are out there. I'm telling you, I right. live in a pretty liberal area, and most of the people in this area know this is a scam. <laughs> Let me tell you, they yeah. know it's a scam. Uh, right. But but you have, you have to understand something else that's been going on, and it's not so prevalent in the Republican Party. In fact, you, you'd be hard pressed to find one. But in the Democratic Party, you have a lot of former CIA employees. And this Alyssa yeah. Slotkin, she, she is a former CIA analyst. Okay? Yeah. It tells me she's taken her orders from the CIA. Once a CIA agent, always a CIA agent. That's the way that goes. You know, Adam Schiff. Yeah, and you. I mean, the list yeah, is you, endless. But yeah, you the list is the former CIA. You've seen everything being a police chief and homicide detective, so you know exactly what's going on with this, all this law stuff. That's right. The loyalty is probably, I mean, there's no such thing as really retiring from the CIA. I mean, they just move on to other walks of life, but they still have their influence, and they're still, they're still members of the CIA. And unfortunately, we have way too many in Congress. And so, I mean, she doesn't surprise me to go against that district. And, and I'm not sure what the, what the makeup of her district is, but I'm sure it leans Trump. Uh, I don't know if it's one, two, three percent, whatever it is, or plus or minus, whatever that plus number is they use. But the fact that she's a former CIA employee says, speaks volumes to me. So I... You know, with that, I mean, the, that town hall she did and the one shift did, I mean, that should have, people watch that on TV, it's, you know, and I know the liberal media didn't show very much of it, but it was out there. Uh, that had to change some minds. Because you have people, you know, that's the other sad thing, is you have people that don't, they're not newsworthy, they're not informed, you know? They catch a wisp of things on the 10 o'clock news, which is just an extension of the national media, you know, when they get to the national report. 
So they think Trump did something. They don't realize that until you actually get in and do some investigating on your own, read some actual news, which is one of the reasons that they censor so much. And you know, the, the one thing is very positive, I think, the president's approval numbers are on a steady increase. His job approval, I mean, you look at what he had, he may have had the best week of his presidency this past week with the China deal and U.S. Uh, MCA and, and uh, just a ton of things that happened over the past week. I mean, this guy's accomplished more in, in three years than most presidents would in, in if they were given an opportunity, 12. Yeah. No, my, my it was, is, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, this guy is a miracle worker. This guy is literally something straight out of the Bible. I, I, I can't, I've never seen a human do what he can do. He's probably the best deal maker ever. I mean, he is the, he's the art of the deal. I mean, he's a, he's a deal maker. He, he put China between a rock and a hard place and gave them no alternative. You know, he basically, yeah. they're financially strapped. They Mike, what leader has ever won the deal with China? He's about to win. I mean, imagine that. How, the, how is the media going to spin that? I mean, I know they don't want to hear it because they're against him, most of the media, but I don't think they can, they can twist this. I mean, they're going to have to report Trump wins against China. But look, Roy, they, they've been trying to destroy America for a long time. They didn't believe yeah. in American exceptionalism, right? Uh, they were trying right. to prop up China. So you never had really people really trying to put China in check. Never. And it got really, really bad under the previous administration with the previous Secretary of State. It got really, really bad. You know, some people would be highly upset if they knew how bad it really got. But Right, right. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, you know? no, absolutely. So, I mean... I, like I said, you, you have some things that are going to come out, and uh, I think some things are going to change here. Uh, some people are going to be held accountable. You saw hints of it with the Inspector General report. Uh, yeah. And now you, now you see people starting to question Comey, where the liberal media never questioned them, and now they're starting to question them. This Hunter Biden thing is going to blow sky high soon. Uh, you know, and that and that's and this that's basically what's going to end up with this impeachment is the public will come to realize the legitimate public, okay? And that's all we really care about. You have your Republicans; they're going to support Trump. And that middle of the road voter, <coughs> excuse me, that middle of the road voter that swings both ways from election to election, most of those people now are solidly in Trump's camp. Okay, and which ones aren't? This impeachment thing is going to push the rest of them over to his side. He's going to win this yeah. election by the biggest margin, maybe since Reagan's election in 1980. I, I could see that happening. I Sorry agree. to take up any more I of your agree. time, Rory. I, I'm, I, like I said, I think we have some positive things coming forward. Um, uh, yeah. You know, the timing of the inspector, just just food for thought, the uh, – the timing of the Inspector General report, the Durham statement, and the Barr statement, all within about a minute of each other, shows me some immense coordination. 
look for some big and better things coming down the pipe in the real near future. No, absolutely. 100%. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, Michael, I'll definitely get back to you before, before the show's over. We got more to talk about, but as always, amazing input, perfect stuff into perspective. Thank you so much. Um, let's go to uh, Sam. Sam Tully, go ahead, buddy. Your thoughts on everything. Well, let me recommend a movie as well. No Safe Spaces by Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla. Um, that's this is a movie that focuses on how our young yeah, I heard about are, I heard about that. Everybody keeps telling me got to see it because it really puts it paints everything in light of what's really going on. Oh yeah, it, it, it's showing how they're being brainwashed in these uh, the secularization of the uh, the colleges and universities, and so yeah. that brings also to the governor of uh, Florida uh, getting ready, if he hasn't already done so, to sign a law making it mandatory for high school students to take uh, civics. Now, yeah, way back when, when I was in school, civics was part of your basic education to teach these young folks how the government works. So we got a, we got a, a bunch of people don't even know how government works. And, um, you know, with all these leftists running the schools now, uh, they can they can sell this socialism like it's some utopia, some uh, something that's wonderful, because there is nothing countering it. So... I agree that not only in Florida, but throughout the whole nation, they should be teaching civics because that shows the balance. That should, see, if people understood civics, then Congress, everybody would have rolled up and said, what the hell is Congress trying to make an impeachment article over of, of, of uh, obstruction of Congress when we know full well that any disagreement between the two branches of government, the judicial and the legislative, is corrected excuse me, between the executive and the legislative is corrected in the judicial branch of government. Everybody that knows civics knows that. But since our press is so corrupt, they won't do the job, and, and they're in line with the Democrats, so nobody gives a rat's butt or they act like it doesn't exist. And the Democrats get away with it because the, the student or, or the, the electric are either totally compliant with them or ignorant to what the heck is going on. Let me go up here to this uh, this gay Jesus thing. I don't blame Netflix. I don't blame Obama. I don't blame any of these leftists for this nonsense because these folks are going to do what we allow them to do. I blame the church. I blame the church for being apathetic, for being weak, just like Everybody knows they'd have never did it to Muhammad because all hell would have broke loose. But we've got a bunch of folks that say they're Christians and don't stand for the Christian faith. I remember many years ago uh, the Cartoon Network, and I don't know if the Cartoon Network still exists or not, but the Cartoon Network played cartoons all day long, and then at night it turned into what is called Adult Swim. And Adult Swim, you know, if you got these kids watching this channel with all these crazy cartoons all day, and all of a sudden they get changed over to some weird adult mess. One of the shows they had was this this this, this ghetto Jesus in Compton drinking malt liquor and smoking dope. And I 
raised all kind of hell to people about it, and I could barely get a, a whimper. So when so so when when the church won't stand up and do what it's supposed to do, then folks are gonna keep running them over. You know, I, I was told a long time ago that when you present yourself as a doormat, don't be surprised when people walk all over you, and that's what happens with a, a, a lot of things with the body of Christ because a lot of Christians are just waiting on Jesus to come back instead of doing the job, instead of getting out there being salt and light and exposing the wickedness and the nonsense. Let me touch on these uh, dead voters and this voter ID thing. This, this, this is something that's amazing to me. We've always, like I said, we've had dead voters forever, and, and the majority of them are Democrats. And, and at the same time, they say asking for voter ID is racist. And I tell this to minorities, and I tell it to black folks all the time. We want to, we want to, uh, excuse me, my phone just went crazy. I hate it when Siri thinks I'm talking to her. Anyway, anyway, I tell, I tell black folks this all the time. I say, look, if black people make up 12 to 13% of the U.S. population, the only way that you're going to ensure that your votes count is to make sure everybody show voter identification. That's the only way. Because you are outnumbered totally. And if you make sure that everybody goes to a voting booth, provides identification, then everybody's vote will count and it will hold up. And also this idea that, that uh, asking minorities for voter identification is racist, and, and any minority person that falls Falls for that stuff is telling everybody that they're immature, uh, stupid, and need master to take care of them. I mean, it's dumb. I mean, if we can, you know, people need identification to get a prescription filled, open up bank accounts, fly, buy alcohol, booze. I mean, you can't even uh, uh, buy uh, uh, a can of paint in California if you're under 18 years of age. So, so this is this is, you know, it's nonsense. So, yeah, all, voters, everybody throughout the nation should be able to show ID. It should be required. And um, let me move on here. The anchor baby thing. I've always been against that nonsense. I think we're probably one of the few countries in the world that allow people to cross the border, you know, drop a load, and oh, the baby's a citizen, but we can't kick out the mama. Well, you know what? We should kick everybody out. And if you and if you want, if you really want to hold to the law and make them a citizen, fine. The baby's a citizen, but the mama gotta go. But no, no, we we, we shouldn't even allow people that come over here and think that they can all of a sudden, you know, get citizenship and then get on the droves and then be another dependent on society. Like I said, uh, they've almost got almost six million people off of food stamps. Since the Obama administration, we got the we got the lowest unemployment in the nation. I mean, in history, like I said, the minorities, blacks, lowest unemployment, women, lowest unemployment. All the wheels is popping and hopping. We just got through the president's making this deal with China, made a deal with Japan. He's getting ready to make a deal with Britain. See, the problem is Trump has come into office and shown all these lifelong politicians that have been in Washington forever that one of two things, either they don't know what the hell they're doing or what they're doing ain't for the American people. 
And like I said, many of these senators, you see them, you know, they go into office with no money and come out millionaires. Well, I'd love to see with Feinstein's taxes. I'd love to see uh, Maxine Waters' taxes. I'd love to see all these jokers. They want to play that game, put it all on the table. Don't make for, for if you want to show Trump stuff, show, let's show everybody stuff. We all know that that's all a gimmick to get rid of him. But he has exposed all of them, whether the rhinos, whether the Democrats, he has shown that, look, I haven't been in uh, politics at all until I ran. And I've turned everything on his head. The American people are making money. Everybody's making money. And so he, he's embarrassing them, and he's embarrassing the news media that all of a sudden thought they knew better. And the only solution these folks can come up with is we got to get him the hell out of here. And it's amazing because they were holding up Obama like he was this new messiah. He was going to take care of everything, you know, hope and change. And the only thing that we can live for when he got out is hope we had a little change left over. But Trump has made it, and Trump, and, and people, when people got money in their pocket, I don't care who you are, they're like that. And there ain't nothing he's supposed to be able to do. And I'm just hoping that Durham, when he exposes this mess, that it is so obvious, that it's so clear, that even the folks in CNN and MSNBC have to say, well, hot dang, they done told the truth and there ain't no lie we can show for it. No, I agree. No, I agree. No, absolutely. No, 100%. Very well said. Um, no, I, absolutely. No, you know, as always, you, you put a lot of stuff into perspective, and, you know, we're, we're on the same page. I mean, I, I agree. I agree. And it's a crazy, it's a crazy time. I mean, we're, we're living in such a polarized political climate. And, you know, it's just like, I can't even believe what I'm seeing in Washington, D.C., but it's just like, it just... It's it's mind blowing. It really is, Sam. Well, they they like I said, they're stuck. They have no place else yeah. to go. They they they, right. they it's, it's out there, and they can't win. Yeah, exactly. We got them. Yeah, got it's them. crazy. It really is a crazy time. Um, uh, but I I do I want to go to a commercial real quick, guys. I'm going to get I, – I know I still got a lot of people on the panel. I'm going to get to you. I'm going to do my best. we got guests coming on. Stay with us. Beautiful night. Coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. This is the Rory Sider Show, everybody. We'll be right back. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. 
Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision, or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. A lot going on. A lot of people coming on the show. Um, I'm getting to a lot of people on the panel. I do want to introduce first, though, I want to make sure sure that she's with us. I believe right now we have former FBI agent and whistleblower Robin Gritch. Robin, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Robin. How are you? Welcome to the show. Your first time on. So every time yes, somebody time new on. comes on it, <laughs> yeah, every time somebody new comes on, I like to get a bio, kind of how it all started for you, how you got to where you are. You've, you've lived quite the life, impressive resume. Uh, you've been, the, you worked for the FBI and law enforcement for many, many years, and uh, you've done quite a bit. It's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, a good 20 years in law enforcement, 16 of them in the FBI, working terrorism. And, uh, getting harassed by the likes of Andy McCabe and Carl Goddess. So, you know, I, I do, I was listening to you about, um, about the FBI and Richard Jewell and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, they turn all that against me. So it is, uh, it is interesting to be on the receiving end of that when you just thought, uh, you know, every, this, this agency is just only doing good for the American people. And then to see the, uh, the other side of it. But, uh, yeah, it, it was about, about 2012 when it all started and all the hell broke loose and you can go on you know on Twitter you can see me at V-A-B-E-L-L-E 2010 um, and I have a lot of my story on there so um, I won't belabor the whole point except for that uh, I just uh, have spent the last eight years exposing as much of the corruption as I can and bringing it to light yeah. to people that you know they, they, they seem unfortunately it you know, I made I made complaints back in 2012, 2013, that for some reason didn't rise the, to the level of investigation by the Inspector General's office. Um, some have having to do with McCabe, and now look what we're in the middle of. You know, they they had risen to the level of investigation back then. I don't know if we would be dealing with a lot of the stuff we're dealing with right now. Well, we would be, but not to the not having the same players. 
it's it's mind blowing, and you know I'm seeing, and I was talking about earlier in the show. I'm sh- I'm sure you heard about, you know how the FBI, how mm-hmm. people in our government, you know, get these people and and never stop harassing mm-hmm. them. I mean, you have people like Richard Jewell. You have people. Like, I mean, even our president, I mean, you, you look at all the people, oh, I mean, yeah. I can give, give so many examples of, of people that have been harassed and have been targeted by these government officials with no legitimate cause, all because, I mean, there's different variables, but a lot of the times they just need to point to a fault person. They need to have somebody that they can interrogate and, and blame it on so they can, you know, get rid of the case. I mean, a lot of these people put so many innocent people in jeopardy. I mean, it's disgusting. It is. It is. And, and you know, one of those people, and I, I saw a ruling by a judge that really is upsetting, is uh, General Flynn. Um, General Flynn, who they, I mean, they, like a pit bull grabbed onto him and his family and threatened his son and, and you know, pushed him into that plea deal. And the judge ruled today against him that about the misconduct of the FBI, basically saying, you know, nice try, but we're not going to hear that, and I'm going to sentence you on January 28th. I mean, it, anyone just sitting back and watching any of the channels has to see some of the corruption and misconduct that was, you know, perpetrated against Flynn. It's just disgusting. I just, I, I've been a friend of his since 2005. We worked together, and uh, to watch this go on has just been really hard to take especially dealing with his family and, and how much they've had to take as well. But, you know, I mean, you, you brought up the, the movie Richard Jewell and the other gentleman brought up Safe Spaces, so I'll bring up something. Um, I was talking to someone this, uh, this week about the ideology of, of Congress and the, and the uh, socialist uh, Democrats, and he said, did you read the book The Red Thread by Diana West? He says it will fully explain the ideology. It's only a 60-page book, and it's going to go into why Comey is a communist, why Brennan, why Clapper. Um, and it's supposedly really just a quick read and schools you, basically opens your eyes to what these guys are doing for not just 2015, 2016, but back in the 90s, back in possibly the 80s. I mean, Annie McCabe, one of, one of my favorite people, back in 1998, bought a house in Chappaqua within a mile of the Clintons' house and within two miles of Soros' house. Now, McCabe was a relatively new agent, not making a lot of money. We didn't make, you don't make a lot of money when you get into law enforcement. He wasn't making a lot of money. His wife was a brand-new doctor. She probably was paying off loans. And he has enough money to buy a house in Chappaqua within a mile of Hillary Clinton. I mean, I, I think that's not a coincidence. I think that's something that I know I was getting up to Durham because I think Durham's probably got his hands full with all this. Uh, I think we're going to see some stuff come out that this stuff has been going on for quite a long time. And uh, it's been the agenda has been a priority and not the country. I mean, take the Iran deal. You know, they're talking about the phone call that, that Donald Trump has with, you know, a foreign partner, basically, Ukraine. I want to see the transcripts for the Iranian deal. I want to see when that was discussed. Because in there, they decided not to bring home Robert Levinson, who was an FBI agent, retired, working on a contract that we finally found out was with the CIA. And uh, 
for some reason, he's been there for almost 13 years, and I think there's a reason they want to keep him there. I think he knows more than we all know. So uh, keep him in your prayers and his family in, his prayer, in your prayers because Donald Trump has been trying to get him out. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. No, I was just going to mention that, you know, I'm a whistleblower. I, I'm a whistleblower, but I would say the true – true whistleblower is actually Donald Trump. When you look at what he's doing, he's exposing everything. And right. uh, I, I love, I love like with the last administration, you had to hope and change and you had to hope you had some change when they left. Cause I know I was not right. in as good of a position back then. Back then I was getting harassed. And I love, I love how you just, yeah. And I love how you just brought that up. Cause you're absolutely right. And I talk about this on my show all the time. I mean, if it wasn't for Trump, you would have never had me too. You would have never had these elites getting exposed. I mean, if, if Hillary Clinton would have won, she would have been still taking been taking money from Harvey Weinstein, and that would have been protected, along with all the other sexual predators in the you know in the high ups. I mean, and, and that me too is just one thing. But look at everything he shined light on. I mean, all the dirty donors, the special interests, the swamp all the corrupt leaders around, all these various states that are going through poverty. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and, and then just to see, um, you know, people that are sitting in Congress becoming rich. I, could, I just want to see just for one year um, AOC's tax return, just to see how much it changed. Exactly. Please, please. You know, because she, she went in there saying she couldn't even report to Congress because she didn't have enough money to pay her rent. Now she's, I, I guess, living in some cushy place, you know, and and Ugh. just, you know, just disgusting. I mean, she she, she kind of makes me sick. I hope, uh, I know she's got a couple. She smells. I bet she her. smells. I bet she smells terrible. Yeah, I bet she does. Like cheese. Yeah. Like cheese and body odor. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> good though. It's good. Um, yeah, I wanted to tell you a story a little bit. Um, recently, I was traveling yeah. back to the. Uh, yeah paradise of Washington, D.C., and I had an unexpected layover in Cleveland, and I had nothing right. to do, and it was only like an yeah. hour and a half, so I decided to go look for Donald Trump Jr.'s book, Triggered, yeah. and I went to like four bookstores in that darn airport, not right. one until the end. The one at the end had it. It was the master bookstore, the big one, and they <laughs> found it on the shelf, turned backwards. Because someone actually turned oh it backwards God. so people wouldn't get it. Yeah, just to show you the, the the juvenile hatred out there, you know. But they didn't carry his book in any of the satellite stores. On I even went through I went through security twice so I could go try and find this book. And then of course you know I had to buy it. So Dad's got another birthday gift or Christmas gift coming to him. I'll read it and I'll get it to him. But uh, so I just want to let you know that if you're ever in an airport, ask if you you know where they have a. Donald Trump Jr.'s book triggered just to see what the reaction is. It's pretty interesting. No, I no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, the bias is unbelievable. And I want to ask you, so with the whole whistleblower thing and how they her, were harassing you, tell everybody what, what that was like and exactly what happened, because I know you were being targeted for quite some time. Oh, Yeah. I um, you know, I, I didn't believe a lot of things people would tell me when it first started happening that there's going to be physical surveillance against you, that they're gonna they're gonna pull all your records, you know, 
you know, you, you basically, you, you pissed off the wrong people. And um, it was true because my attorney, when I first got the attorney, she just looked at me. She's like, who did you piss off? And I was like, you know, I don't know, man. I said, I'm just doing my job. And I got these two guys that are just harassing me left and right. And finally, I just reported them. I filed a complaint against them. And then I started figuring out different things like policies and laws that were being broken. So I started bringing those up. And, you know, I reported it to all the internal, you know, people that you could turn it into who probably then were against me. And then I went to the inspector general's office and then finally Grassley's office and, you know, just said, this is ridiculous what they're doing to not only to me, but to hundreds of other people. I'm not alone. And, uh, I asked one guy, I said, hey, you know, what is their end goal? And he said, well, either push you out or get you to kill yourself. I was like, what? My own agency? He said, yeah, you know, nothing matters anymore. As long as you're, if you're not on their, their uh, bandwagon and running, doing whatever they want you to do, then you're out. And uh, I said, okay, because I filed a, the original complaint was just a discrimination complaint. But um, Andy McCabe jumped on it, and he did, a, like, a major smear campaign against me. Um, you know, I can't confirm that I had physical surveillance on me, but when you're in law enforcement for 20 years and you start seeing the same people outside your house and the cars move when you pull up and this and that, and then you watch, drive by and you wave at them and they look embarrassed, and then you realize you know them because they're in your, one of your field offices, you know, you kind of get to the point where, they're really intruding in on your life. And I get home every night and just feel like everyone was watching me. And then I finally said to my next door neighbor, I said, just watch when I come home the next time. If cars move or if, you know, something happens. And he said, like, three cars move the next night. And so, you know, you're getting all the, the tools, the uh, attitudes and egos and uh, a lot of stuff coming at you. So it, it does – it just uh, – you know, if I didn't have a strong faith and have a strong family, um, you know, I, I could have been in pretty bad shape. But I, I lucked out to have that, um, both of those. And also because I'm from Jersey, so I'm somewhat of a smart ass. So I, uh, <laughs> I also have that going for me. But for eight years now, I've been fighting them. Eight years, just that every year I get a letter from the IRS wanting to audit me, um, even the year that I made $2,500 because for two and a half years after I left the FBI, I couldn't get a job over minimum wage. Every time I tried to get a job or I got long, got through the interviews, I, I just, I would get, oh, no, you know, we chose someone else. And then so finally one time I asked a recruiter, I said, you know, is, is there a reason that I, did I screw up? What did I do? And she says, no, someone called about you. And I was like, wow. are you kidding me? Yeah, so I was I was so they jeopard so they they ruined so they ruined any any seeking opportunity that you were that you were trying to dive into like they were look they were yep. like on on it in like two seconds I mean yep. that's just, like the way they interfere it's insane it is it's disgusting and then you're like you know and then and then so I had to be working in, in Macy's selling um I was actually in the cosmetics. Department selling blush and lipstick after, you know, 16 years of chasing, you know, the, the toughest terrorists all over the world, um, taking, you know, right. some people like, you know, some really bad people off the off the grid, and then yeah. finally I got a job that was a little bit above minimum wage, and uh, my case started picking up, and one of the 
guys that was a vice president over us that I was working at came over to me and said, I've heard about your story, and I can guarantee that will not happen here. He said he was so upset when he heard the story. Uh, and uh, he said, you know, because I was deemed homeless for two and a half years. Um, I was just, I was on public assistance. I wasn't able to get the um, SNAP benefits, though, that everyone's talking about now, even though I had zero yeah. income. So, you know, right. I, I have no problem with taking some of those away because I've been paying into that. But, you know, when I really needed something, because I, I was at the wit's end and I was trying to get any kind of job, I was applying at, at grocery stores. Um, but, right. You know, they, they turn all their tools against you. And it's, it's really psychologically damaging, um, not only for the person, but also for their family. And one of my things is... Um, just about every whistleblower I've talked to has said they've tried to commit suicide at least one time. And that's yeah, something and, that I mean, people we, need to look at. And here's what's crazy is that, I mean, we see all these movies that are based on true stories of how the government has interfered and, you know, invaded all these people's lives and, and never let them go and always, mm-hmm. you know, always harassing them about something. I mean, it, it's it's crazy, and it just goes to show that nobody is ever safe. If they want you, they no. want you, and they'll get you. They'll get you, and they'll make you do stuff that you wouldn't normally do. I mean, these people are on a whole nother level yeah. of evil. They really are. They are, and 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 you you hear it right on there. They're evil, and they will try anything to break you. And you know, I talked to. I talked to one of my friends. He was dealing with it for 12 years. He lost his marriage. Um, they somehow got involved in his child's custody, and he hasn't seen his daughter now for seven years. Jesus. I mean, talk about interfering. Interfering right. daughter has now got to be almost 10 years old, and he hasn't seen her in the last seven years because of the FBI going and, and giving false information to a court saying he's crazy, he's dangerous. Yeah. I know the guy's like the funniest guy in the world and he's like you know, handles stress very well. And they went there and then and then they denied they were there. But it's in the transcript. <laughs> Hello, brain surgeon. It's in the transcript. Yeah, it's it's a whole so. it's a whole nother it's a whole nother level and you know, when you were at the FBI and you were working there and you were involved, I mean, what what was mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you saw many, many corrupt things go down, but what was the most corrupt? Like what really stuck out to you? Like what really drawed your attention? Well, you know, um I would say, well, I guess it you know, come from some of the things I've gone through and some of the things that I've actually heard from people, some of the outrageous egregious misconduct um, you know, that Okay, one, I brought this up in an interview last night. Um, here's one that is personal. I had worked this really big operation, and it's when I met General Flynn. And it was groundbreaking. Right. It's that policy for the U.S. government and all this stuff. And I had heard that someone wrote me a nomination to get the director's award, which is a huge thing, and it's $10,000. And, you know, I never did it for any awards or anything, but, you know, I just wondered what always happened to that award. And... When I um, was going through my hell, they put me in an administrative unit, and I had access to all the nominations. So I'm like, oh, let me look up my nomination. Well, I look up a nomination, and the problem is it doesn't have my name in there. It has someone else's name in there taking credit for my accomplishments in that case. So they gave it to 
it was a McCabe guy. They gave it to. They gave him ten grand. And even in the uh, in the nomination, they had that he got personal recommendations from General Flynn and General McChrystal. And I asked both those guys. They had no clue who the guy was. And, and what, then, what you know, made that's, you? That's what they're doing. Yeah, and what made you leave? Just all the corruption. You couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah, I couldn't. Ha- I mean, you know, I I had um, because of what they were doing to me. The um, stress put a lot of um, got me physically ill, so I was I was physically not in the best shape. I was ill a lot, and um, you know they were they were they controlled everything you did, and they they pushed every button they could. Um, it was affecting my family. Um, you know, I had fifty something thousand dollars my first year in in legal fees, um, and you know I financially I had to make a decision whether I was going to stay there and fight it, which would be, you know, years without pay, and you can't get a second job because they have to approve you getting a second job, which they would deny. Um, So I would have lost everything. But in turn, I decided one day after talking to basically my pastor, my parents, and my doctors. And, uh, you know, they said, my doctors basically were saying, if you don't get out of this, it's going to kill you. So I, I made the decision to resign. And I, I decided I wasn't going to fight them on their turf. I was going to fight them on mine. So that's what's been going on for the last eight years. I just, it, it got to the point where, you know, you just sat there. I, was, I wasn't doing anything. They weren't giving me any assignments. You know, it was, it was torture. So that's what, yeah, I had seen enough. I had seen enough of um, the mistreatment of people, um, the injustices, the double standards, the corruption. Um, and ever since I've left, I've gotten calls from agents that I work with that actually just walked out of the bureau, just didn't even give a letter of resignation, just walked out because of the corruption. And I'm hearing that every day. And it's yeah. Insane. No, it's, it's – well, I mean, it's I – It's endangering all of us. I mean, yeah, it's – it's yeah, it just goes to show the reality of um, of what the FBI uh, really – and, and what they're really, what they really are. I mean, it's so corrupt. Uh, I do want to get you back here soon. I do got to go to a commercial, uh, but I got to get to the next okay. guest. I really want to thank you for coming right. on. I want to get you back, um, you. but tell everybody where they can connect with you, all that good stuff, where they can get involved. Yeah. If you want to go on, if you're on Twitter, it's Virginia V A bell B E L L E 2010. Um, I do have a GoFundMe. If you just look up Robin grits and GoFundMe. I do have that. That has my whole story and updates in it. And, uh, you know, on Facebook, Robin Lee Grist. Uh, so if you want to follow me on anything, shoot me a DM. If you have any questions, um, you know, feel free. And thank you for having me on. I, next time I want to be on this panel. They, it gets nice and fiery. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin, yeah, I'd love to make you a regular. Let's definitely talk about that. All right. I'll talk to you soon then. All righty. God bless, Robin. We'll talk Christmas. to you. Thank you so much. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Bye-bye. All right, Merry bye. Christmas. Everybody, this is the Rory Sauter Show. We'll be right back. we got more guests. we got more people on the panel. Stay with us. It's a beautiful night coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, Skyray Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at Skyray Security is to keep our clients safe. 
With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the -the behind-the-scenes production, everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries, on nearly 70 online platforms. It's a beautiful night, everybody. I do want to introduce to the show, I believe she's with us right now, we have political talk show host and activist, Debbie Aldrich. Debbie, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing very well. Did I pronounce your last name right, right? Aldrich, right? Aldrich, like rich. Aldrich. Okay. I thought it would be either one. Okay. Perfect. Uh, Well, great to have you here. I've been... I've been called both, so. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thanks for um, having me. Well, it's Debbie, great to finally ab- join you. Absolutely. Well, 
really good having you here. I've been trying to get you on the show for a while. Your first time on, so uh, when all I, when I get new guests on, I like to get a bio, tell tell everybody a little bit about yourself, how it all started for you, how you got to where you are, all that good stuff. Oh uh, well, gosh, um, I won't bore you with some of the detail. My I think my story is is uh, kind of long and lengthy, but where I how I got to this present situation that I'm in now was right. uh, in twenty. In 2015, um, I had to have back surgery. I've got four screws in my back. And it was October 9th of 2015. I also had to have two shoulder surgeries because uh, I was in a bad accident. And no fault of my own, just to clarify. So while I was recovering, President Trump announced his race for presidency, his campaign. And yeah. I had been in real estate over the years. I did commercial. I actually still have a license. I'm just inactive. But I've done commercial and residential real estate for years. And I'd read his book and followed his career. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. He's going to win. And uh, my husband was never quite a fan. <laughs> but I was from that minute. So while I was recovering from back surgery, I was – watching his, you know, everything that was going on in the news. And in January of 2016, by then I was mobile enough, going to physical therapy with a lot of ibuprofen. I told my husband, I'm going to the rallies to see for myself what's going on. And in that year, I went to seven rallies around the country. And I started a podcast. Now, just to qualify, I had studied journalism in college years ago. I wrote for a small paper. So I had a, you know, it was kind of like getting back into the game when I started my podcast. But the main thing was, is I knew he was going to win from day one. And I went to go see for myself the crowds that were going because we weren't getting the truth from mainstream media. And one thing led to another, and I've been very active in CPAC for years. And when he, uh, that year, that uh, 2016, that CPAC was on fire. And, um, you know, and it just, everything just started building upon itself. And I met lots of people, and I, I ended up running for Congress myself right after that. Um, in 2017, I lost. I was kind of an unknown. It was a special election, a short race. Had we had a full year, maybe over a year, you know, time to campaign, maybe things would have been different. But it was a phenomenal experience. I met great people. Uh, we debated, since it was a short race, we debated uh, all, I mean, sometimes there were two debates a day. It was insane. And it was great. I loved every minute of it. I'm still friends with some of those uh, former candidates. Um, I'm very active in Utah where I live in the Republican Party. I've been a delegate here over the years. And uh, I go to the Lincoln dinners, and I go to the Lincoln dinners in Florida and other uh, states. Uh, We also have a residence in Florida as well, which I just returned just the other day. So, and and I find myself here today. I've been doing a broadcast myself. I joined a year and a half ago, CD Media, and um, the rest is kind of history. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. All good stuff. And, you know, I really want to ask you, you know, you're, you're very involved in Utah. And, like, what do you make of, like, rhinos, like Mitt Romney and uh, even even the other – oh, God, what's the other guy's name? Uh, I'm, you can refresh my memory. I, I just was talking about him earlier A today. Republican? Who's the A other Republican? senator? Yeah, uh, who's the it, other uh, senator there? Mike, Mike Lee. Mike Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I asked him so, like Mike Lee, though. Um, I, I do too. Mike I Lee. like him on some things, but other things I'm so shocked on some of the things he 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 votes on, and just some of. The, I mean, you know, Mitt Romney, though. I mean, I, I'm just seeing how. Oh, forget it. Utah deserves such better leadership. Well, you know, he wasn't a Utahan. Uh, he was in Massachusetts, if you remember, for a long right, time. Right, he was the governor. He was the governor there, and a few years ago, he. He has a house, I think, up in Deer Valley, just like a vacation home. A couple of his sons live here. They are Mormon. I think his sons went to BYU or something. But he never really lived here. And a few years ago, when he started plotting his run for Senate, he built a house actually very close to us. And uh, we pass it all the time. But he's never there. Like, no one's ever there. And we, we saw, my husband saw him once on the street. He goes to the same Mormon church that my husband's best friend does. His, for people that know the Mormon church, they're all assigned a ward. It's called a ward. He goes to the same one. But my husband, uh, my husband's a pretty prominent man here in Utah. And he's no small potato. And he said, hey, Mitt. And Mitt just looked at him, never said a word. Yeah, he's, I, it's just he's strange. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just say he's strange, and um, I was, I was a little, a little, I guess I had, I had a slight bit of optimism, hoping that after. So when I ran for Congress, just just to go back a minute, when I ran was running for Congress, Mitt Romney. So we had had. It was already the election. Trump already won. It was right after 2017 election inauguration, which I went to the inauguration. And um, and I ran the spring of the, the election started in the spring and it ended in, I think it was the end of July. And the, uh, the interesting thing, and now I just had a brain freeze here, but the point I was going to make, but about, about Romney. So I, I was being hopeful that when he moved here, oh, I know what I was going to say. So when I was running, he held, he holds the summit up in Deer Valley, the ski resort here. And you're not far from Utah. You probably know what I'm talking about. But um, he holds the summit every summer. And that summer, people said, are you going to go to Mitt Romney's summit? Because, you know, we were a bunch of candidates. And I said, no, I have no interest because all he was doing was bashing Trump. From the minute Trump became the nominee, Mitt Romney took it upon himself to bash Trump, and he was continuing to do it, even though he had gone after the election, if you remember, to New York, begging to be Secretary of State. And Trump, you know, he toyed with it, and then he said, no, thank you, and Mitt went back to bashing Trump again, and he hasn't stopped to this day. That is not, that is, first of all, uh, I'm not a Mormon. But if I were, I'd be 
totally ashamed that this is the face of the Mormon church today, is Mitt Romney. And the second thing is he is not a representative of Utah. The third thing is he's right. the most disliked politician in Utah today. Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah, I mean, he's he's quite the character. I mean, is there any chance that you would ever run or anybody you know that you trust and can make a difference? I mean, we need to get rid of these career-long politicians. I, I think Mitt Romney's a one-term senator. He uh, gets yeah. to play big shot for a while, gets to try to do his damage while Trump is in office, but I think he's one term because uh, unless he makes it about faith, he has very little favor in Utah anymore. Utahns are conservative. Right. They support our president. They may not like the way he says things. He's a New Yorker. He's kind of rough around the edges like a New Yorker is. I lived in New York in Queens for a number of years. Actually, I left a month before 9-11, um, and I was right. living in Queens, and I actually left one month after nine, before 9-11, so I was grateful and thankful to miss that. But um, the thing is, you know, Utahns are conservative, and they, they want our country to win, and we're winning. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. And here's the thing is that it just like in, in these certain areas, uh, it amazes me how some of these people get elected. It's just it's crazy. Um, what do you, what do you make of this whole impeachment thing though? What do you, and it's such nonsense. It's so ridiculous. It's such a circus and you know, it's just, Oh God, it just keeps getting more and more uh, absurd. Well, I called it Cirque du Soleil of acrobatic clowns um, because they keep, they keep flip-flopping as to what they actually wanted to impeach him on because they really don't have anything solid to impeach him on. And it, it, it is a joke. It is just uh, the whole thing is to take down Trump. That's all it's about. It's, it's retribution. Yep. It's revenge. It's a uh, loss of power by the Democrats. They're all about power and, uh, and retribution. He was the disruptor. He's undoing much of Obama's legacy. He undid the JCPOA, the Iran deal, the, the dark at night secret deal that wasn't transparent at all. Americans didn't know anything about it. Uh, and on top of that, a lot of Americans don't know, and I just said this on my show uh, about a half hour ago or an hour ago, um, in that deal, the Iranians, not only was Obama such a pansy, he gave all these billions of dollars to Iran in a secret deal, but then the Iranians demanded over 2,000 visas, which he gave to them. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine yeah, that. And it, we've it, had terrorist attempts here in the U.S. by Iranian plants. It's, That's a problem. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it really is a ridiculous show. Um, I, I do, Debbie, I do want to get you back very soon. We are running short on time. I do want to, okay. um, I want to have you tell everybody where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. I do got to introduce the next guest, but I want to get you back here in the next week or two. A lot more to talk about, a lot more I want to ask you. I'm sorry to cut it short. Okay, no problem. Well, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Debbie A. Aldrich. That's A-L-D-R-I-C-H. You can find me on Facebook with the same name. 
you can find me on LinkedIn with the same name, uh, Debbie Aldridge, W.A. Aldridge. And uh, you can go to CD Media. If you go to CD Media, that's creativedestructivemedia.com. Uh, if you go to uh, Multimedia, you can see all my shows on there and the guests I've had and read these great articles. I once in a while am able to publish an article. I just am so busy. I don't have as much time to write these days. But I've had some published and one picked up by Drudge last year. But, uh, but we have great writers. We have a great staff, and it's a great MAGA place for media. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Debbie, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks, Rory. All righty. Talk to you soon. Um, I want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, we have famous comedian Terry McNeely. Terry, how are you, buddy? How are you, sir? Not that famous. Good, man. Uh, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. First time on. Excited to have you here. Thank you, sir. Uh, no, I was a UPS guy for 13 years, and had an accident and started doing comedy. That's basically it. I love it. I love it, man. So tell it. So tell it. So you're. you're I know you're. You have a big fan base online. I think. What do you have? Like, you have what? Like a hundred thousand followers on Facebook. I mean, you have a lot of people. I don't know exactly the amount, but uh, you uh, built this. Facebook is sixty. Okay, so it's still quite a bit though. But you built this. Sixty thousand, right? Yeah. It probably would so have been a lot better, thing. but I was, I was sent to Facebook jail for a hundred days, three times in four years. And we, yeah, I guess and we that's another thing, watch. man. That's another thing. This tech censoring has really screwed comedians with this whole PC yeah. bullshit, hasn't it? Yeah, and uh, there's literally only a couple of uh, comedians that lean to the right, and uh, you know, it's really weird. I had an Instagram. It was at thirty. The day I hit thirty thousand, they deactivated it forever. It's gone. So now I'm back. I'm back at twenty four hundred. And uh, I did a tour in May in twenty two different twenty two different nights in eleven cities. And a lot of people came out because of the the Instagram. And now if I did it again, they wouldn't be there. All because I'm not a communist. Basically, they just shut you down and shut you down, and they're affecting our livelihood. And there really is only there's only a handful of us here. I mean, in New York, I'm a pariah in New York. I don't even do the city anymore. Because the second they hear just certain, I'm not even political on stage. They just they, they could tell, and then I see I see the I see all the New Yorkers start like folding their arms and they're looking on the side and they're triggered and they're upset. And then some girl and they'll stand up in the back of the club in the club with blue hair will stand up and go, I'm going home to write a blog and ruin your career. That's that's how bad it is in New York. Jesus Christ, man. I mean this oh, whole cancel culture. I, the yeah, cancel I live, culture I live on Long Island. is an epidemic. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I I live on Long Island. I have I have to go to Pennsylvania and Ohio and Indiana to to be appreciated. Because uh you know, Long Island's not that bad, but New York City is Horrific. It's like the if if they call they can't they contact me. I'm like no thanks. I'm like why I go because they just stare at you. They just stare at you. They they are incapable of achieving joy through humor anymore. Everything is a problem. Everything's offensive. Everything hurts for somebody's feelings. They don't understand when you're at work that that's fine. You have human resources. Basically, I call tattletales. 
And when you go into a comedy club, you should leave all that bullshit at the door and go in and have a good time. But they don't do that. They they take their their live their liberal white guilt misery into the comedy club with them, and then they ruin everybody else's time inside. How bad has it gotten actually with your your experience and your interactions and at these clubs? I mean, how bad do these people react? Yeah, well, it's just it's just either it's just through the complete like uncomfortable silence, like. The second I go into something, like, if I, I say, like, you know, talk about, like, the building a wall joke, because I do, like, a couple little political things. Most of my actions is, like, an assault on society. I make fun of the way married couples are now as opposed to the 80s and why kids have, have smartphones when they're seven years old, which is ridiculous. They don't keep track of scores of Little League games anymore, and we, they name their kids last names like Jackson and Carter and Taylor instead of normal names that we grew up with in the 70s and 80s. But once in a while, yeah, I, I have like a, like a build a wall kind of a joke where I say like, you know, it's, you know, Canada's building a wall now to keep out, to keep out, you know, to keep, you know, washed up celebrities out. And then they, then they can tell the way I lean. And then there's an uncomfortability in the club or the restaurant or wherever I'm working. It, it sends out that vibe, you know, like, you know, like with dad hit mom at the dinner table when you're growing up, it, it's a funk. It's an ugly funk. And you can tell there's no joy going on in there. It's it's horrific. It's awful. And I refuse to not do that. Like, and uh, people should out there should you should if you see a comedian that leans right, you should support them. You should retweet them. You should when they say I'm you know not only like uh, putting up an anti Pelosi Pelosi joke on on on, uh, on Twitter or something like that, but some kind of pro Trump thing. That's great. And then you know what happens? I'll get a thousand retweets. And then I'll say, hey, I'll be here, hey, I'll be here at this theater, and then nobody likes it. So people should really try to support conservative comics because pretty soon it's becoming it's going to become so bad that every comedian you see will be a skinny hipster leaning against the brick wall, making fun of Trump, and the whole club will be laughing their asses off because it'll be New York City, and that's all they want to hear. The, the jokes don't have to be good as long as they're anti-Trump. Trump, then New York City loves you. That's it. That's literally how it is. And here, yeah, and, and it's gotten to that point. I mean, they want to prosecute and crucify people for saying the wrong thing. I mean, yeah. no, nobody's allowed to say how they feel. Nobody's allowed to be authentic. I mean, you have to be. Nope. It's just you have to be polished for these pussies. It's ridiculous. It's it's unbelievable. I, I was in Indianapolis. I did I did like a, I, I did a joke where I was setting up a story and I said. Puerto Rican guy. As I said that phrase, okay, yeah. not 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 the horrible slur that they say about them. I said, "Look at the right. Puerto Rican guy," and somebody was like, "You're a racist," and I'm like, "I'm I'm a racist." I go, "Okay, let me introduce the next comic coming to the stage. The guy who's been driving in my car with me, he's Puerto Rican. There you go. Here's your next comic. Like, he's my best friend, and we live in motels together all year round." So stick your racist bullshit up your ass. I said, I'm allowed to say the word Puerto Rican guy. I'm setting up a story which results in a joke. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, we've lived in this culture culture where the left has, you know, enabled these uh, new age people and just everybody deserves a trophy. Everybody's got to find something to be offended about. I mean, it's a sad Sad culture, and how how many shows are you getting a year? Are you, are you able to make a 
are you on the road quite a bit? I mean, are you getting a lot of gigs, or has this whole PC culture slowed it down? Yeah, yeah. No, because well, what the, the, the biggest thing lately has been people have been reaching out to me, like you did to do the show, on Twitter, will inbox me or or Facebook and stuff, and they'd be like, hey, um, you know, we, we we have a little Elks Club going on. It's a really uh, Republican kind of town. Maybe you'd be good over there. And I said, I feel like yeah. you know, I don't do politics on stage, but I lean that way. And I'm, I'm old school. I'm like a Dennis Leary, Nick DiPaolo kind of guy who doesn't give a shit. I put my hand in my pocket and I'm obnoxious. But it's real gritty comedy, and it's about how great the 70s and 80s were. And it's kind of it kind of is like that. It's like it's, that's why I like that that those days. Because you're allowed to be funny. I, I've told I've told people this a million times. If Andrew Dice Clay and Don Rickles and and uh, Richard Pryor and George Collins were open micers right now, if they were open mic comedians just beginning their career right now, you would never ever hear of yeah, them. They would have because no they would shot. not be hired. They would be shut down. They would be shut down in about. They'd be seconds. shut down immediately, and they go back and get a get a job at a car wash and say, "I can't do comedy." Because nobody will hire me. You, those legends would never be known. They came around in their time. Thank God they came around in time. Because if George Carlin was a 22-year-old open mic or comedian right now, he would never become him because he'd be stunted by everybody. Yeah. I mean, I, I, call, them the, I call these people that want to control speech, they're the thought police. That's really what they yeah, are. And they're also um, the fun police. That's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these people have to fucking, excuse my language, but they have to bitch about something. They have to cry about something. They have to make a mountain out of a frickin' molehill, and it doesn't end. And I assume most of your audience and fans are Trump supporters, right? Well, that's the thing, because I don't do politics on stage, but I do, like, an old-school insult. Media, I, do, right? I do an old-school, like, not, not old-school, like, 40s, but, like, a 60s, a 70s, 80s kind of gritty, in-your-face, balls-to-the-wall, crazy friggin' set. I'm not that dirty. I'm very opinionated and very angry. That's my character on stage. I'm like an Archie Bunker in 2019 with high energy. (laughs) That's basically what it is. That's that's what I I I love it. And, yeah, people get – they just get upset about anything. I could do – it's funny. I go go up there, and I have three jokes where I shit on men, like for, like – because I, I, my dad was a basketball coach, so I grew up in a sports family. So now I have I'm like me like too, man. Altar boy bit, bit, yeah, me too, absolutely. Yeah. So basically, it's like when you're an altar boy and you become an atheist. You're like, you know what? I've had it. Sports has been shoved up my ass my entire life. So I so I make fun of guys that follow sports teams and wear the jerseys to the bar and like these obsessed nutcases. Like if you're in the New York area, they're like, it's Sunday, bro. Why aren't you wearing green? So you got a sports team, and I'm like, you're not supporting anything because they don't know you're here in Shenanigans Pub. So you're not supporting anything. You shut your mouth. <laughs> and then, and then so, so I so I shit on husbands and guys who play video games. I think I'm pathetic. So I shit on them. You know, I, I do a couple jokes about that. And I do a couple jokes about guys who like wrestling. So that's ridiculous. I have been watching wrestling since I was 11. And everyone's laughing in the club. Everything's fine. And then I go, hey, it's your turn, lady. And I turn, and all of a sudden, yeah, the facts. <laughs> no, I love it. Terry, I love it. Uh, I mean, this this is awesome, and I, I definitely want to talk to you a lot more. Um, we are, we are, you yeah. have to close the show, though. We are, we are out of time. No, I, I want totally to get you back soon. I have to get up early anyway, so. 
Yeah, but please tell everybody. It's, uh, where it's they can 11 o'clock with you. here. Yeah, tell all everybody right. where they can connect with you, your upcoming shows, all that good stuff. Uh, it's basically, for the, you know, the real word is a Terry McNeely comedian on Facebook, Instagram. Please follow the Instagram because that got taken away from me unlawfully. And uh, and on the Twitter, it's, it's listed as that also, but the handle is at Mac72Terry. Perfect, perfect. My friend, well, I love having you on. We'll talk to you soon. We'll definitely get you back. Definitely a lot more to discuss. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rory. All right, God bless. Bye bye. Uh, let's go to Michael Valsi. Let's let's go to you, my friend. I'm sure you've got some thoughts throughout the show. Go ahead. Yeah, great guest. Uh, Robin was wonderful. I mean, your guests are the guests are spectacular every week. I have to give you a lot of credit, Roy, for booking such great, uh, knowledgeable people. Uh, a couple of things, because uh, I know we're kind of short on time. You know, things are about to change. I mean, you know, we kind of got into this a little bit, but if you notice, CNN ran a – they actually have agreed with Trump, Trump twice here recently, right? Kind of starting to change their tune on some things because they have to save face with their viewers. Their viewership is in the tank. I'm not sure – you know, if it wasn't for deep state money, I'm not sure how they stay in business. Uh, you know, you see it starting to see a little bit every day. On, on some of these liberal uh, media, within the liberal media, where they're trying, where they're st- starting to side with Trump, and I think that's an, a positive sign, an encouraging sign. Uh, just some things that whispers of uh, things I've been reading and hearing, and it sounds like this North Korea deal might be coming to fruition pretty quick. Uh, I'd be looking for that. Uh, and then the one guest was talking about Romney and. Um, you know, Romney, I think he's originally from Michigan, if I'm not mistaken, then wound up in Massachusetts. Uh, but he's always been, I think, a liberal. I think, you know, there's many of them that have been recruited and uh, disguised as conservatives, but they're actually liberals. But, you know, he's got a story, and his story is going to be exposed. He's not who he appears to be. So look for that to come out in the not-too-distant future, I believe, also. Uh, but uh, I won't take up any more of your time. Uh, like I said, look for good things out of the Durham and Huber reports. They've, they've got to be down the pipe coming quickly. And I think a lot of this stuff was planned on the part of the Democrats. I think the, uh, the uh, remedy to it's been planned on the part of the Republicans for quite a long time, too. So with that, I'll wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and your viewers. Uh, you can reach me at uh, Michael Valsi, V as in Victor, A-L-S-I, on Twitter. I'd be glad to communicate with you by, via DM or whatever. Thanks again, Roy. All righty. All righty. God bless you, Michael. Always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Okay. Um, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Sam Tully. Sam, I'm sure you got some thoughts. Go ahead, my friend. Well, I just want to say um... – to the American people, just hang in there. It's been a rough ride, but, you know, we're getting over it. And even this mess that goes down Wednesday is not going to stop anything. Uh, you know, the more that these Democrats expose themselves for being uh, just against the people, and, and the sooner the people start realizing it and stepping away from them, the more it's going to cost them. So <clears throat> just keep the faith. Just Prepare for next year. 
because the way this economy is going under the leadership of the president is, is something that none of these folks have ever experienced. They have no idea how to handle, and all the po- political talk they do is just, you know, just talking out of one orifice instead of the other. So what I want to just say, you know, you can reach me at Samuel Tolley, uh, T-O-L-L-E-Y, on YouTube or Facebook. And Roy, I just want to uh, wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year's, and let's get 2020 rolling. Absolutely, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Good night. All righty. Let's go to um, – I want to I wanna go to um, – Sergi, I'm sure you have some thoughts. Go ahead, my friend. I do got to close the show here in a second, but I want to get to you and see what's on your mind. Yeah, I'll be real quick. But great stuff that was covered. Obviously, you know, I really like your point just about, you know, Seattle, Chicago, all those leftist cities being controlled by, obviously, leftists, and they bring down, you know, just horrible policies that not are just, aren't just bad on paper, but they hurt families, they hurt communities, they hurt our values, they take away our values. Um and as you were talking, just real quick, you know, all this stuff from, you know, hating on ICE, hating on, you know, promoting drag queen stuff and all that crazy stuff, you know, at the morning watch at Michigan State, we cover that so much of that crap. You know, we have an article from this year, the student government alone uh, writing a bill condemning ICE. And, you know, they were also promoting just other crazy events. The university had drag queens. The university president this year, uh, I think it was uh, a few weeks ago, went out against ICE, saying they're associated with hate groups and such. So just really crazy stuff. The Morning Watch, MSU, always reports on this kind of stuff. Just, you know, it's it's not just in the halls of Congress. It's in the universities, and it's in the cities. But great show. Uh, definitely, you know, got to keep calling this stuff out and getting that out there. Absolutely. Did you have any other thoughts? I can give you about another minute or two if you have any other thoughts. Um, you know, the impeachment, obviously, you know, I think it was a few a week or two after Trump was actually in office. I think it was Representative Al Green or some. I think it was Green. Yeah. Either he already stated we're going to submit articles of impeachment. So the thing is that, you know, it's not new. We know it's been in our minds since day one. Um, it, it's a sham. You know, it's really, you know, even if they want to be honest about this and actually, you know, try to see, like, if they really want to do an actual process, they could, but they aren't. And they're just screwing over the American people. They're screwing over the constituents. And, you know, right behind when Pelosi was doing a little press conference, you had the representatives there were either from California or New York, which is about all you need to know about how this impeachment thing has been starting and how it's going. Um, and it's going to end with, you know, not the coast, the coast of America, but, you know, middle America coming out again for Trump, you know, more than 2016. Um, you know, it, this impeachment, impeachment always hurts the party that's doing it, but it's going to hurt the Democrats even more. And it's, it's fantastic, just fantastic to see Democrats switching sides and switching their vote um, over this stuff. So that, that's great to see. It really is. Absolutely. Very well said, as always. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, get involved, all that good stuff. Yeah, so – Sergey Kelly, I uh, have Twitter, you know, just type in Sergey Kelly, it's at Sergey Kelly, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that good stuff. But the Morning Watch at MSU is a conservative publication I run at Michigan State. We uh, expose leftist bias. So, you know, all this stuff we just talked about, you know, about going against immigration, about drag queen events, about, you know, white privilege boards at the university. We expose all that. We do several articles a week. 
So check us out there. We've got a website, themorningwatchmsu.com. We've also got Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can just find us from that similar name, The Morning Watch at MSU. Thank you, Roy. Absolutely, my friend. Always a pleasure, and uh, we'll definitely talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Everybody, it's been a fantastic show tonight. Um, As always, I want to thank my audience, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and guests. Uh, We have another big show tomorrow, so tune in. 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, But anyways, have a great night. I love you all. I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.